I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Hello, everybody. Oops, the podcast here. I'm Francis, joined by Julio Gallarati. How are you, G? I'm doing good, man. How are you doing? Well, it's been an eventful morning. Yeah, you've had a crazy, crazy 24 hours. What's uh, give, give us an update. We lost power in the evening. And when Maine loses power, it's not like when other places lose power. Because when Maine loses power, it grinds the entire state to a halt. It's as if people here enjoy candlelight because nobody wants to fix it. <laughs> and the lack of power persists for what feels like weeks. It's been <laughs> almost 24 hours now and there's no fix. And here's the other problem. Uh, where we live in Freeport, Maine, um, not only do we not have power, but the Wi-Fi went out. I don't know exactly why. And we don't have cell phone service. So in order to get any sort of communication or connectivity to the outside world, I had to drive to a nearby town. It's crazy. It's as if I'm on horseback. I'm impressed that you were able to find an enclosed space. Well, I did a little, once I drove to the nearby town and got cell phone reception, that's when I was able to call the country club and ask if they had power. They said they did. And so now I'm here in one of their banquet halls that they usually reserve for proms or budget weddings. And- um, Quinceañeras at the country club? Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And I'm looking out over the pool and just half an hour ago, it was filled with children and their parents having lots of fun frolicking. And now it is in that turnover period where every two hours, a woman comes through with what looks like pesticides and spritzes it all over the chairs and the railings and cleans the entire pool. And then in, in 15 minutes or so, it will be full of families again. Crazy. You have to sign up on, a, on an Excel spreadsheet for when you want your pool block. <laughs> That's fucking nuts, dude. Yeah, but what's funny too, dude, is that it's not exactly hard to just delete someone's member number and take their slot. <laughs> so you could theoretically play bumper cars with pool reservations at my country club dude i mean listen it's really like the wild west of of living right now and there's a lot of loopholes to be found as things emerge and change yes exactly uh <laughs> robbing someone of their country club pool slot the wild west of living <laughs> too funny dude main main is crazy man I, you know they're really the infrastructure I, it just is beyond belief to me. Like, I, I, part of me appreciates it. I grew up, I never had cell phone service in my house. Never. Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, never thought it necessary to build cell towers in this area because I just don't think they thought there were enough clients. It wasn't worth their business. Right. So my whole life, where we lived, and we don't live, you know, over a mountain and through the woods to grandmother's house we go. We live <laughs> in a, a nice town with a good population and a good school district. And, you know, it's not, it's not like, it's not like we're in the woods. 
I mean, we're in the woods, but it's not barren, you know? On the Appalachian Trail. Like yeah, you could trick or treat here. <laughs> right, 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 right. That's a good, that's a yeah. good benchmark. So the fact that my, and, and it's still that way to this day, there's just no cell service. So we have to do Crazy. Wi-Fi calling and then without Wi-Fi, there's no connectivity. And I don't know, it's, for, it's just amazing. So that must've been a big day when you had a cell phone that could use Wi-Fi. Um, yeah. Were you, were you in high but, school still? Or no? Well, I don't even remember. Yeah. I don't remember when that happened. But what, what really happened was that my whole life, I've always given people two phone numbers. They have my home phone number gotcha. and they have my cell phone number. Gotcha. Um, but as I've spent less and less time at home, it hasn't been as much of an issue. But, right. you know, in high school, dude, oh, man, because I, I have an older sister. And so she's two years older than me. And there were a couple years where when I was 15, she was 17. When I was 16, she was 18. We both wanted to be up in our rooms under our comforters, speaking to our boyfriend or girlfriend for an hour and a half a night. And we're clogging up the home phone. So that was, you know, those were some wars we had. That's tough. Yelling upstairs, can you get off the phone? Yeah, it's my turn. God. All right. Sorry about that. I, I, I started with the volume a little too high, but I think we've fixed it now. Uh, but the point is, I don't know what the point is. <laughs> well, dude, I got in an altercation again today in public with a woman. Oh, good. good. Um, I was in FedEx and yep. I was trying to help my girlfriend mail some shit. And it was just, you know, it's, uh, it was ended up becoming a bit of a chore. Like I had to go print out a label from FedEx, whatever. And I'm in FedEx and I, I print and then I look to the, I, like a, a piece of paper pops out of the printer and I go to grab it and I realize it's not my printer. It's the woman next to me's printer. And she just gives me this dirty look. She's like, and then she starts like pointing at mine. And I was like, all right, I'm sorry. Like I made a mistake. I was like, you don't have to be rude. I literally started saying that to her. And then she kind of just like, she kind of tried to deescalate and like ignore me. And I kind of like wouldn't let it go at this point because it was just such annoying behavior by her. I'm, mm-hmm. And I'm like, I'm not trying to steal your receipt. You think I'm trying to steal your receipt? And I'm like, all right, I'm going to let this go. But then I could not let it go as very on brand. So when I walked out of the store, I then peered in through the glass until she noticed. (laughs) And then I walked away. I just wanted to make her have an unpleasant walk home. And -hmm. last time I told the story like this, I had a couple people message me saying that they were very disappointed in me. And I hope that those same people, you know, feel that this was not as bad as following someone home in a car. Yeah. Yeah. You, you really have it out for, for women that don't, don't see the world the way that you do or something. I don't well, dude, it's like, we're all sharing these spaces together. Mm-hmm. I made a mistake. What the fuck could I possibly be doing with your paper? You fucking bitch. Do you think that there, <laughs> Jesus, do you think that there was a part of her that um, was p- uh, upset that you had touched the paper and now she couldn't touch it or something because of COVID? Maybe, maybe. But it was really, truly an honest mistake. Like, there's a fucking thing of, yeah, of, of hand sanitizer directly behind us. Like, it didn't need to be a, an ordeal. But I know that people are tense and stuff, but I wasn't willing to just fully let that go. Mm, good for you. I'm glad that you peered through the window to terrify her. <laughs> I'm glad I you did. You showed too. her who was boss. I felt happy about it. Yeah. Dude, it's funny, man. We've all had strange encounters in public where 
it's so strange to fight or argue with a stranger. It's crazy. Because you don't know how far they're willing to go. Right, 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 right. And your assumption is that at some point, if you, you, you can out crazy that person, right? Or I mean, yeah, I don't know. It depends if that's what you want to do. That's my point though. You don't know. Right. right, right you right. don't know how crazy someone is willing to get. Right, right. And, and that's what happens with strangers. Whereas like with loved ones or friends, you can argue to a point that is so much farther beyond where you would argue with a stranger because you know that they're not gonna punch you in the face or you right. know that they're not gonna like sick their dog on you or, or something right exactly you've already taken their temperature for years so you completely understand what their limits are yeah it's, but you know what's funny it's funny how like when you when when an altercation is is on the horizon you have to very quickly decide like you're saying whether or not that person is willing to go farther than you and if they are you have to de-escalate, but you need to decide that based on profiling, right. which like oftentimes, you know what I mean? Like could, you don't you know, know. It's, it's not something know. that you can talk about um, because it happens so quickly. You have to right. decide like this person looks like a wild card. A- an easy way to win an argument in the wild is just to start acting crazy. Totally. You're going to get that person to walk away. If you like, and we've talked about this, just start like peeing your pants and screaming. Another thing you could do is just pretend to like mime giving a blowjob. Uh-huh. Just go, and I mean, you're going to have to watch this on video on YouTube to see me doing it, but you just have to start going. Yeah. That is like a total de-escalator. They can't, they can't, what do you do to that? You can't do that. <laughs> At worst, someone starts filming you and then you go viral and then you can be like, well, I'm a fucking comedian. Like, I was hoping this would go viral, you know? I was being funny. Sometimes I feel bad about, like, when I see the videos of people pranking people in Walmart. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, you suck, dude. That's That's, that's bad, yeah. It's also interesting because, like, clearly that's some sort of violation of people's rights. Like, Mm -hmm. there's no way they're getting release forms. Right, right. You know what I mean? Dude, I used to watch these. um, There was this guy that was on YouTube who i think he was a british kid blonde kid who would go around and like prank people but one of the prank videos he did was like he just tried to make out with women (laughs) isn't that assault and yeah i mean that's (laughs) what it was and it was like he would maybe he would kind of tip them off beforehand and say like uh you look so beautiful or something and it was surprising how many more women actually ended up making out with him than you would have thought. Many of them sort of pushed him away. But looking back, it was a horrific video. Dude, this sounds very, but like I've watched over the, I used, I've spent a lot of time in Italy during my life um, because I have a ton of family that lives there. And like they have prank shows that they play in syndication in those European countries. And a lot of the time, like the pranks are definitely more fucked up than things that we could get away with here. People are just more like, Laid back, I guess. You said this guy was British, right? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, or, I, I, or Australian, maybe. Yeah. Dude, I was on an extremely random flight. I flew on Azerbaijan Airlines mm-hmm. to Turkey. Sorry. Uh, no, to Azerbaijan from Russia. I was escaping Russia when I got right. stuck in Russia. And they were playing these old TV shows. Like, remember yeah, on an old I think old you've plane? told us this before. Yeah, you've I'm, alluded to it. Yeah. I did, but we cut it. I remember oh. specifically. Don't worry. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> but dude, they were playing prank. They played this like French prank show, and there was a lot of weird like sexual pranks. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Which yeah. was like, and it was weird. I was like, how are they allowed to do this? But again, yeah, I guess it's just completely different. Like people are much more laid back. Absolutely. Uh, laid back is one way to put it, or you know, another <laughs> way is like that that women have not been liberated to the degree there, which, which is sad. You know, that's just sad. Oh, they're more laid back. Yeah, they're more. They're so much more laid back. You could pull a women's skirt down in, in a in Paris, and they la- they get it. That's hilarious, dude. I no, they don't somebody. Care. Louis Katz, you know that comedian Louis Katz? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Great guy. He was telling me that in Brazil, it's and I don't know if he just made this up. By the way, this guy Louis Katz made one of the most impressive comedic projects I've ever witnessed. He made an entire hip hop music video in Portuguese. And he's not like a native Portuguese speaker. He learned it being in Brazil. Wow. I'll show it to you. It's crazy. Um, okay. but he says that when you're out at a bar in Brazil, if you like lock eyes across the bar, it is not unusual to just go up to that person and start making out with them. I think I've heard this that in Brazil the 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 groping and the 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 men are just so aggressive and so indifferent to personal space and all of that and I don't think that that sounds fun at all. <laughs> I I wouldn't because here's the thing dude all right like if that's the speed at which things are operating over there I can't compete with that because I don't have that in me, right? Same, same, same. So I'm not going to go to a bar and just do what the locals do and start, you know, grabbing butt cheeks. That's just not how I'm wired. Dude, totally. And I I have no problem admitting that. And it's funny. I feel like every once in a while, if we get negative comments on Instagram, people will call us like pussies, which is like pretty funny because, you know, to some degree, you could argue that like, we're not going to just go and grab someone's vagina in public. Like neither of us are doing that. Exactly. You know, exactly. and if that makes us beta males, then like keep, keep grabbing pussies, dudes. Whoever's yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, if <laughs> I feel like, <laughs> yeah, the the opposite of assertive is respectful. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> is that really so bad? Oh, <laughs> uh, you wuss, dude! No, I'm just uh, being like re- a reasonable. No, individual. abiding by sexual harassment seminars that I <laughs> took at various jobs I've had. Those lessons stuck. I'm sorry you forgot them. <laughs> dude, that's funny. You know, I did. Did I ever tell you this? I I did one of the videos for a company's sexual harassment. Doesn't surprise seminar. me at all. Doesn't surprise me. <laughs> I could pay like 600 bucks or something, and dude, the video was insane. Like. They had to, I'm like not supposed to share it, but I probably could. I have a screen recording of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but dude, it's the, the script was crazy. The girl was like, uh, Jake, I've heard that, uh, Corey was my name. She goes, Corey, I've heard that you've been sharing photos of our time at the beach last summer. And I'm like, well, you have to admit, you were super hot back then. Like, you know, oh, it's shit. Cra- dude, it's crazy. And then she's like, Corey, stop it. And I'm like, well, shoot, you don't got to be so nasty about it. <laughs> Dude, really, really, like, dude, I think that, like, one of the ladies who just works at the company wrote the script. Like, it was the most <laughs> ridiculous thing I've ever acted in in my life. You know, it's funny because we talked about Ellen on the last episode, and the term microaggression was came up a bunch uh, about the workplace there. And microaggression is a term where I feel like five years ago, a lot of people might have scoffed at that. 
and said, well, this is just people being soft microaggression. What is a microaggression? Right. You know, um, who can say it's just silly. Right. But then the examples they gave of what are called microaggressions at the Ellen workplace were so legitimate to me that I was surprised that they were even calling the microaggressions. I was they just sounded like aggressions. They just you? sounded, yeah. Like, like asshole shit. Right. You know, just don't like, don't be an asshole. Like it, it had to do with like, I think there were, there were two black employees who had a similar haircut. And then one of the white employees or a producer was like, now we're not going to be able to tell you two apart. Oh God. And it's like, well, <laughs> yeah, dude, you can't fucking say that. What are you talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, you got. I don't think that's a that. mic. There's nothing micro aggressive about that. That's just totally on a, you know, don't be a yeah. moron. Yeah. Um, you, there's something that that just sounds like too that's the thing it's like that just sounds to me like and it could have been innocent or not but the, you have to really make an effort to stay in touch with what's appropriate and what's not because like that's a makeable mistake mm-hmm. to be like oh you guys like that's obviously not okay to say but it just sounds like a dad joke like a dad who's hit the age where his filter has evaporated right and just like doesn't know what's appropriate or not and like it's just it's crucial today to stay in touch with right. what's okay and what isn't okay dude did you watch the jim jeffries new special on netflix no is it great well it's it's it, I, I didn't watch all of it but i do love him i'll probably finish it um from what i saw it was it was it was pretty solid um mm-hmm. and he talks about his dad you know who's older obviously and his how his dad kind of came on board with gay rights and gay marriage even though he grew up in a time when everyone was pretty against that grew up in Australia for whatever reason, just that's how, how he, you know, the world he lived in was, was against it. And um, how now it it has become known among his friend group, thanks to a joke that Jim was doing that his dad is okay with this. And then all of his older friends make fun of him (laughs) for being okay with gay marriage. And You know, he basically, he makes a very good point, though. He says, these older generations, like, why are we mad at them? They're going to die soon. <laughs> and then when they die, we're like, like uh, you know, prejudices against things like gay marriage, that's just going to die out. Right, right. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't, do you know anybody of the new generation? And maybe it's because of where we live. But do you know any, like, seven-year-olds who are just being brainwashed into hating gay people? Dude, I'm going to be honest. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody who's against that. Right. Maybe, maybe I have a couple relatives who I don't. I, I maybe, don't know anybody. I don't, I don't think. I'm, I maybe know one person who's against that. Maybe. I, I, I don't. I, I, yeah, I couldn't say that I know many people. And I know that's because we live in a bubble, blah, blah, blah. But... Yeah. I do think that, like, as as younger generations become more secular, because I hate to be a dick, I think a religious leanings often dictate people's prejudices, especially when it comes to, like, gay marriage and gay rights and all that, you know, the Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve thing. Um, and as the younger generations are moving away from religion and becoming more secular on, on, on the whole... I think those prejudices are gonna are gonna die out. Hopefully, I hope so. But I do that kind of stuff cyclical too, though. Like the secular, yeah. like like those religious waves, they still like they can come back. You never know. Maybe so. Maybe so. But I see what you're saying, especially here. At least it feels like people can't be bothered by trying to tell other people how to live their lives, which seems like a solid point of view to me. Yeah. Yeah. You know? 
Dude, so um, the other thing I wanted to mention, there's a, uh, there's a documentary on HBO right now called All Be Gone in the Dark. And it's a, cr- a true crime documentary. And it's uh, about, I think, ooh, I can't, it, Patton Oswalt's late wife, mm. McKenna. Hold on, what's her name? Melissa? Michelle McNamara. Michelle McNamara is the woman's name. She's an author, uh, a, a sort of a citizen detective, a true crime you know, researcher who stumbled upon this insane case. And if you've watched the documentary, forgive me, but uh, it was the, the, the Golden State rapist, the Golden State murder, the Golden State killer. Um, and this guy got away with more rapes and murders than anyone he, like 50 rapes and 12 murders and he's never been caught and right, and, and right. We, we've never heard of him you know is this, is this new or is this an old no movie? it happened in the 1970s no, and no, i know that but is this documentary new the documentary just came out yeah okay, okay. i've and heard of this story before in general though so it's a five-part documentary about michelle mcnamara's uh, research and her process into trying to unearth who this guy is and find him the documentary is so scary that I have a hard time watching it. Really? But dude, it's because the, whoever the filmmaker, whoever the director was, creates these scenes, these, these sort of uh, reimaginings of the attacks where there's the, the victims are providing their testimony like the real victims are, are walking people through, whether it's on a recording or whatever. And as that's happening, the camera is like walking up to the door of a house and zooming in on the door handle. Oh, wow. And then like they have these crazy effects and, and spooky music. It's great. Great filmmaking. I, I guess so. <laughs> I guess so. But, but dude, my thought is this story is so scary and so perverted in and of itself that I couldn't help but feel that to dress it up with these special effects was a little bit like Hollywoodizing a, an already terribly fucked up story. I completely understand that, that note. And I don't, I mean, I feel like with a documentary, you, you, you sh- I don't know. I, uh, who am I to say? Dude, but no, like, totally. Sh- I, I hate sometimes when they, when they do like a little animated thing, like it goes different in different ways, but I totally yeah. agree. Sometimes you don't need that. Like the director took some liberty or whoever made the film or yeah. the series. You know what I mean? I, I understand. It's, it's really scary, dude. It's so scary. And I, it's a very good story. Um, it's very well researched. It's very well done. But I couldn't help but think, you know, that they were sort of, I, I hate to say glamorizing for their own benefit, some of the victim's stories. And I, it, it uh, sat poorly with me. That's a bummer. That's a bummer. But I still suggest watching it. It's, it's a, I mean, it's an insane story. What's it called again? I'll Be Gone in the Dark. Okay. I'm going to check it out. And what's am- amazing is, you know, I- I'm a huge fan of Patton Oswalt. This is his wife who died out of the blue like two or three years ago. Yeah, that was sad. 
um, really tragic. And she was working on this story and, and I haven't finished it yet. We still have like half of the final episode left, but I don't know. That was my thought on that. Crazy, man. Mm-hmm. So dude, you're at the country club. Um, is like the gym open there? Are you going to try to get a workout in? They, they did open the gym and you got to sign up um, for specific okay sections of the gym so i had to sign up for the squat rack and i went and did squats and then i didn't know what else to do with the squat rack so i just sat on my phone and screwed around as usual um but i did squat pretty well so well meaning so heavy um that i am having a hard time lowering myself onto the toilet now love it um do you ever get that? It's been like four days and I can't, I can't sit on a toilet without using some kind of bar to lower me down. Definitely. And I know that it was a good workout too. If like day two, it hurts more than it did the day after. I am walking as if I have uh, chafing on my inner thighs. <laughs> uh, it is so painful and it's embarrassing. But the reason I was squatting so intensely was because I had a really good playlist going and I was listening to this really good playlist using my Raycon E25 earbuds. You know about these? I do, dude. They're sick. Yeah, designed by Ray J. You know Ray J, right? Sure do. Yeah, uh, I think he's um, the brother of Brandy who went to prom with Kobe Bryant. A lot of celebrities Wow, this, that, that I just I listed. Yeah, true story. So anyway, <laughs> Ray J designed these earbuds, dude. They are the E25 earbuds, earbuds from Raycon. They are so easy to put in your ear. They're just uh, wireless, uh, fantastic little charging case that they come in. Very sleek, very uh, subtle. You can't see them that well. Uh, and they just sit in your ear and they are, honestly, dude, I, I've become a, a huge disciple of these earbuds. I don't know if I'll ever go back to a different kind. Um, and I can't work out without them. Um, do you have like a, a pair of earbuds that you really like to work out with? I just have my normal ones right now, but I think I'm going to have to have to get them to send me a pair of these. Yeah, we're going to throw those out. out. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna move you forward into the 21st century with the, uh, the Raycon E25 earbuds. It's their newest earbud. It's fantastic. Guys, get your Raycon earbuds at buyraycon.com slash oops. That's buyraycon.com slash oops. You'll get 15% off the Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon dot com slash oops well dude all right so you were talking about uh you know the serial killer who got away with it and all this stuff and it, it reminded me of something that i was thinking last night while i was sitting in my bed and I, I i suspect that you've had similar thoughts because we've talked about related topics but never this specific topic has there ever been a time in your life where you're like man my life would be so much easier if this individual person was dead Wow. It's a terrible thought, and I feel guilty thinking it, but I was just imagining my life without this one specific person in it and thinking about how much better my life would be. Boy. Um, <laughs> it's a great thought, um, but I, I, I think my first answer is that I have people in my life who my life would have been easier if we'd never met. Right. But I don't know that once we met, if they had just died, that would have made my life easier. Mm -hmm. I can't, I have a person in mind and I, I won't <laughs> say who it was, but uh, it, it was a coach of mine Gotcha. that I really hated and, and really affected my life in a negative way. But I wish he had never 
been hired for the job where he ended up being my coach. Right, 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 right. I don't know that I want him dead. No, totally. And, and I don't want anyone dead either. I but, definitely don't. But it's one of the reasons, it. yeah. One of I'd the rather have that, my life be inconvenient than have this person be dead specifically for my convenience. Okay. But here's why I say what I say as a qualification to your statement. And the reason is that I have this kind of philosophy where if there's somebody in my life that I really don't like or that is really affecting me negatively, I don't see them. Right. right so right. in order for me to want somebody in my life dead or to wish <laughs> that they were dead, they would have to be a persistent undeniable unblockable force in my life totally who do you have in your life without giving names where the only solution is to have them killed <laughs> so in order to make sure that i'm vague enough while still being specific enough to make this interesting let me just say that it's nothing for the most part it's nothing personal you know what i mean it's just has sounds to do pretty personal <laughs> It's, I mean, the outcome is potentially extraordinarily personal, but I, I don't, you know, I would never, I would never actually hope harm on this person, but sometimes I'll be like, huh, wow, that problem would be solved if this person just didn't exist. Yeah. That problem would be gone if this person wasn't here. Like it just, it, it's a thought that I guiltily think of and I'm like, oh wow, that would be awesome. But then I'm like, okay, there's no way to to hope for that. Of course, that would be terrible. But I right. just think about how much easier logistically speaking my life would be if a certain person didn't exist got it got it yeah i think that's a totally fine fantasy <laughs> i listen we I, we talked about this before um edgar Allan poe famously wrote a poem called i think it was called the imp of the perverse and psychologists have often cited this poem basically which is that the, the the human brain can envision the darkest scenarios happening without acting on them right, right? right, right so right. like sometimes I'm, I'm standing on a subway platform it's not hard for this thought to pop in my head oh look there's a person just to my left i could push them gently and they'd get smushed by the train and i would kill them i have that power Right, right, right. Like, right. what's holding me back? Totally, totally. That's what, like a, they say that in Harry Potter, too. Yeah, like, what could, what, there's nothing stopping me from doing that other than myself. Totally. And what if I, what if my brain just malfunctioned for a second and I, I did that? I know. That person would be dead. I'd be going to jail, maybe, you know, maybe being killed. I, I don't know. I know. So that's the imp of the perverse. We've all envisioned crazy, horrific scenarios. But what separates, I think, us from psychopaths is that we don't act on them. Right, right, exactly. And that's the key, which is, and, and I think they say something about Harry, that in Harry Potter. It's like the actions kind of dictate who you are as opposed to whatever shit you're thinking. Mm. But dude, I, in relation to this, this, I do this all the time and I wish that I couldn't because it makes me so uncomfortable. I'll be sitting at a table with lovely people who are being so nice to me and I play out the scenario in my head of what would happen if I said the most offensive possible thing to them. I think we've maybe talked about this a little bit, but like, do you ever do that? I, I do. I do. I find it hard to hold my tongue. <laughs> wait, wait, what do you mean? Like you actually end up saying it? No, <laughs> but once that 
collection of words pops into my head, oh, right. it's all I can think about. I know, I know. And you're like, I could just say this right now. And you just think about how terrible their reaction would be to that and, and what they like, would do. It's like you're sitting wearing a, a suicide bomb vest and nobody else knows. <laughs> nobody else at the table is aware that you, at, on the tip of your tongue, <laughs> sits terrorism. Yeah, exactly. That could bring, that could ruin the, the dinner, ruin the family, you know, the moment, everything. Dude, I can't even watch when something like that happens in a show. Like when someone, like I remember on Mr. Robot, there's a scene where he like says the most piercingly offensive thing to this nice man and like insults him profoundly. Mm. And like, I couldn't even watch it. I had to turn it off. That's why I couldn't watch that show um, about with the British woman who wrote the show, The Comedian. Oh, Maisel, Mrs. Maisel? No, no, no. Um, it's like- Oh, oh, a flea rat. bag. Flea bag, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a there's little a of that. The first episode, she goes on that date with that really sweet guy. He's got big front teeth. And she just says the most horrible shit to him. And I couldn't watch it. <laughs> I know. I know. It's, that's definitely an uncomfortable show. It's pretty good, though. But, yeah. I, I, I've I heard really... it's – yeah. I couldn't watch it after that. But that I, I do admire her for sure. <laughs> um, um, dude, I think a lot of this comes to, like, uh, you know, narcissism. And, well – I've been thinking a lot about narcissism because I'm a narcissist. Um, I'm aware of that. I don't, I think there are degrees of narcissism. Uh, I think a lot of comedians are, are inherently narcissists. We believe that what we have to say warrants an audience of people paying to listen to it. You know, that in, in that right there, our business model is narcissistic. Yeah. Um, But I, uh, clever what you just did there, dude, you gave, like an institutional defense for your personality. <laughs> well, I mean, sure, sure. But I, I, I'm admitting that I am one of, one know, of these people. It's absolutely and I, true. It's also, why, um, it's also why I don't love hanging out with only comedians because nobody ever listens. They just try to talk. Yeah, it can and, be and, stressful. And they don't laugh at each other's funny moments. They try to, to layer on top of. And I know. I don't like that. Um, guys if you're thinking about starting a podcast fill in the blanks here if i were in a concert right now and i said if you're thinking about starting a podcast i'd then turn the microphone to all of you sitting in the stadium and you would all yell anchor anchor and then you'd say go to anchor.fm to download the software where you could host your very own podcast see all the best analytics you could see it in a way that was really user-friendly and nice and not too technical and industry jargony it's a way that any person can look at it and be like, ooh, that's pretty. And also it's our podcast. And you, there's no minimum listenership required to advertise and monetize. So you can immediately have ads when you hit the ground running. It's really exciting, really spectacular. If you want to start your very own podcast, anchor.fm, download it now. So, uh, but narcissism, there was an article in, in Men's Health recently um, where this woman, this doctor, um, or she's a clinical psychologist who's often goes on like morning shows and daily talk shows and all that. Uh, and she had this theory of future faking, Interesting. Which, What's that? which is where in relationships, narcissists will um, offer things or hint at or promise things to their partner that they will never actually deliver on. 
to keep the other person in the relationship. Oh, interesting. So it's like, I, we, we'll have a nice house someday. We'll have a baby someday. We'll, you know, I'm going to do this. I just need to get these things done first. And mm-hmm. by telling the other person what they want to hear, but always having it off in the distance somewhere, you're faking a future and you're keeping them in the relationship. And that was, that was this woman's theory, right? My way of looking at it, and maybe this is because I'm a narcissist, I, I might call that very same phenomenon hope. A hundred percent. I was going to say the same thing. Hope. Yeah. Like, I hope to be able to buy us a really nice house someday. I hope to have all these nice things. I, you know, once upon a time when you offered to your girlfriend or, your, or you whispered to your fiance, you know, in bed, someday I'll buy you the beautiful house with the white picket fence and the yard for our kids to play soccer in. That was, that was American. That was a dream. We were dreamers, right? you know, right. and maybe that the reason that doesn't materialize is because, you know, your job, you, you, you get, you get, one day you're out working on the construction site and a, a block of cinder falls and shatters your tibia and you, you, your worker's comp doesn't allow you to pay for the house. And, you know, your, your leg aches so much that you can, you're relegated to a jet desk job that doesn't have the upward mobility. And all of a sudden, the dreams that you'd been promising your wife that you wanted to provide her are no longer a reality. Now, yeah. does that because that guy's a fucking narcissist? <laughs> Definitely not. Or, or is it because... God didn't want him to be able to buy these nice things for his wife. I did. Totally. Absolutely. And it's a very good point. I mean, like there's no kid, like there's no teenager that, that will tell you that they're not going to be rich. Absolutely. It's not because they're narcissists It's because they're hopeful and bright eyed and having, you know, those avenues are still open the sky's the limit. Dude, my girlfriend and I, one of our most romantic activities is to prop ourselves up in bed at night on our Tempur-Pedic pillows and to scroll Zillow on the same (laughs) phone Uh, and just talk about, you know, the lighting and the various dream apartments that we're seeing. And I don't think that I am luring her in with these (laughs) images of a life that we'll never have. I think it's, it's just something we both enjoy doing hilarious dude very very true very like it's much worse in my opinion and this is a thing that people have done to me so many times and seems like a much more narcissistic thing when someone will promise me something because they for two reasons they want to show off like they want an excuse to be able to brag so that they they offer you something in this bragging and maybe it feels good to them to make you feel good even though they're never going to deliver on that and then they never do it that is way, way 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 worse Agreed. Totally agreed. And much yeah. more narcissistic seeming than being like, one day we're going to have a big house, babe. I agree. I agree. I, but I also think that, you know, to your point, saying things that you know people want to hear isn't malicious unless you know they will never happen. Right, right. But I think also there's this kind of like, delusion with a you know a quote-unquote narcissistic person that makes them believe that even though it's extremely unlikely maybe to the average person they believe that because they're so great that of course with this crazy thing they're saying it has value that may be true that may be true but i i again i call that dreaming i right. think that's i mean i think that's aspirational 
Um, Maybe, but if you're like, I'm going to do this, and then would you like to do this in what I'm doing? And then that never is a thing that comes up again. Say that I that need you to explain okay, For that, example, yeah. all right, if I'm like, hey, Francis, I'm doing this TV show. Yeah. I would love for you to play one of the characters. Oh, wow, thanks so much. Yeah, dude, no, no worries, man. I got you. And then this is the last we ever talk about it. You know, yes. you won't forget. You won't forget that I said that. Right. Right. And, yeah. and we've, we've both had people in our lives who have oh, done yeah. that to us. And, and that's times. false. To me, that's false promises, right? Totally. So, so offering a false promise when you have no intention of, of following through on it, even when you offer it, yeah. is to me, that's bad. That's yeah. like you're a shitty person. It's 100%. Um, but offering someone something and hope with, with the complete hope that it will come true and yeah. then doing something to work towards that and then having outside circumstances show that that was a limited vision, that maybe it was never realistic in the first place. That's just the way of life. I, I, I really think, you know, maybe it just happens. didn't work out how you hoped. Like, dude, I wonder what the alternative to that is. Like you're looking at houses with your wife and you're like, Listen, based on my personality and my limited education, I'm going to go ahead and say that this is extremely unlikely. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, <laughs> I'm going to say that I'm not very upwardly mobile in the workplace, and we're going to have to go ahead and settle for a trailer. I know, I, mean, I know. That is Listen, not a conversation. Uh, just knowing myself as well as I do, and my tendency to, <laughs> you know, go to work, sit at my computer, intending to work, but to end up watching joe rogan clips for four hours after one after another like i i don't think that this house is within our price range <laughs> <laughs> yeah well man, that lady is very critical jesus what a i know tough cookie yeah yeah dude speaking of all this though we went and looked at some apartments yesterday really in maine in portland maine yeah wow and it was a fun exercise um we are we're realistic in the the fact that this we 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 may not move to Maine. We're realistic that that may not happen for a handful of years, maybe ever. You know, the winds of our careers may blow us in different directions, back to New York or or, or California or wherever, right? Or or knocking out your power. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Continue. So there's so many variables. So so the the whole exercise was a fantasy. And thus, if, from, if you're starting from the standpoint of the fantastical, then you might as well look at apartments that are outrageous. Sure. And we selected three of Portland, Maine's five most expensive apartments to look at. Oh, wow. Which, by the way, is way lower than you would think. It's probably less than you pay for your apartment in New York, right? Well, some were like, cause we were looking at buying, we were looking at okay, potentially okay, okay. buying. So, gotcha. but even with the, you know, the HOA fees and the mortgage rates and the, and the taxes and all of that, there were a couple we looked at that would be less than the rent that I currently pay that we currently pay in, in New York city. Crazy. Um, and so we're with this, you know, buyer's agent, or whatever really nice guy will and <laughs> shout out will yeah will's great and we had decided to this is how much fun we were having we took some edibles before we before we went so Did you do one to will 
No, no, I didn't know how cool Will was. Um, but we ate them, and you know, for the first apartment, we're asking very like normal questions and all that. And we get to the second apartment, we start walking, and like all of a sudden, you know, we're like holding hands and like giggling and walking behind Will, and it's like hitting us both at the same time. And it's just turning into this like goofy date where we're being led around by some guy who's trying to make a living and, you know, bringing us to these sick apartments. And we're like, well, the fireplace isn't big enough. And uh, (laughs) and then that would make us laugh. And dude, it was a really fun exercise. Then we went out to dinner and had it was a great night. It's super fun. Dude, that's I think my girlfriend would love that, too. I got to. That sounds like a really fun idea. I would suggest it. I would suggest it because I think the the veneer of marijuana allows you to kind of live and, and, and buy your own fantasy, even just for a night, you know? Dude, fucking good for you guys, man. I love the idea of making the best out of this and, and still having fun. I think that that is an important thing for everyone listening to remember that even though the same options aren't available to you, um, there are still options available. And quite frankly, right. maybe even your options have been narrowed down and now Maybe you can actually do that thing you've always talked about doing, like going, getting high and going to look at apartments. Like how fucking fun is that, dude? Very, very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd really suggest people do that. Although, you know, if you show up with your eyes completely bloodshot red and you're not able to even like walk, I don't think that, you know, your agent's going to be very, very, very happy with you. Yeah. Be responsible with your dosage if you decide to do this. Um, well, dude, yeah. that, that reminds me, um, well, I guess one last thing, unless you have other things you want to say, but I got a couple no. messages yesterday about the three week weight loss challenge, which I guess is something we, we briefly mentioned, uh, yeah. and, and, and a couple of our listeners sort of took it to heart, which is great. Um, oh, good. I've, you know, I've been eating super healthy the last few days. So, you know, before I'm, I'm on this little trip I'm going on and I got to be shirtless quite often, I'm going to try to make a big dent. So I'll keep you guys posted. And I encourage you to hop on and uh, get involved and see how well you can do in three weeks and let us know, send us uh, your stories, your weight loss stories or whatever fucking stories you have. We'd love to hear them. Awesome. Very cool. Uh, how far in are we in since you initially announced it? Uh, I think I, maybe we maybe talked about it last either last week, maybe the last episode of okay. last week. And we got to uh, get that. We got to figure that out specifically. Well, I'll tell you this because it's the 5th of August. I have, been eating well since Monday, since Monday. So let's call this the third day. Okay. Very um, cool. So we'll see how it goes. And I'm with my girlfriend. So she will be able to report if I'm being delusional, if I think I've been being good, but I'm not. So I'm going to rely on her hopefully to, uh, to be the, the, the reporter of this as well to me. So I'll keep everybody posted. Awesome. Great idea. I love it. And uh, good luck to everyone out there in their shirtless uh, demonstrations. Uh, we we are oops the podcast as ever. I'm Francis. He's Julio. Uh, thanks, guys, so much. We'll see you tomorrow.